Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode number 45. It is a year to the day that we started this podcast. And um, I am very sorry that it's taken me this long to <laughs> do another podcast. I think the last one was on September 25th, so it's been well over a month. Um, had an absolutely crazy fall. It's really not slowing down. I'm actually going to be doing this podcast in camp with a friend of mine named Nick Weaver. Um, He is here with me on my personal hunt to do some content for Rambo and X-Stands while we're here, as well as several other brands when we get time and we get some good weather. Um, But we're going to be talking about how he is getting started in his career in the outdoor space, doing video production, some editing, and uh, all that good stuff. And I hope you enjoy it. Right here, right here, right here. You want it? Yeah. What's up, dude? Not much, man. What's going on? Uh, we are sitting here in Oklahoma, and it is the wind is finally starting to lay down. It was whipping really good this morning, and we had a heck of a morning. Yeah, we had a great morning. Saw a lot of deer. Yeah, I think we... 12 or 13 different bucks, three or four that were borderline. Um, what we're doing here is we are filming some social media content for X-Stand and for Rambo Bikes. So I brought Nick out here to do to do some filming for me for this hunt, and we're killing a bunch of birds with one stone. You know, I'm doing some content for several of my other clients as well as um, working with Nick on some stuff and He's getting to run my FS7. He says that he likes it. We'll talk about that more in here in a little bit. But um, did see a bunch of deer. Had a the last two days have been kind of slow, but this morning was very good. And uh, the cold front's moving in. It's November the first, and we're we're having a good time. Um, and hopefully, hopefully Nick's learning some stuff. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll kill a deer. That's what I really hope. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to sit down and and talk to Nick about kind of how he has started dipping his toe in the freelance world this year and has started doing some editing and got a couple of clients and um, Nick was actually an attendee of my one of my camera classes was that two years ago uh, a year and a half ago I think it was last year last year all right get a little closer to your microphone um, so. We've already said where we're at and what we're working on. Um, so, Nick, tell me about you. Like, how old are you? Where are you from? All that good stuff. Well, um, I'm 21. I am from a little town called Falston, North Carolina. And population, very small, one stoplight town. So, uh, just small town kid with a big dream. Yeah. So, what? Uh, how did you get interested in doing this? Well, I've always had a passion for hunting. And, you know, growing up, watching all your major hunting shows. And um, my biggest goal then was, you know, I want to have my own hunting show. And found out the best way to do that is, uh, or to get that opportunity, is to learn how to run a camera first and just slowly work your way in front of it. And lo and behold, I fell in love with being behind a camera more and creating more um, stories than actually being in front of it. Okay. So um, when you say you watch some major hunting shows, what were your favorite ones? What are the ones you still watch? Um, Bone Collector's one, as uh, Travis is one of my good friends. Um, 
watched, you know, The Crush, you know, uh, a little bit of Jackie Bushman in there. But uh, by far my favorite was Bone Collector growing up, you know, coming up through middle school and stuff like that. And that's, and that's where um, I really developed a dream to get into the outdoor industry. And why was Bone Collector your favorite? Uh, you know, just the um, the atmosphere is the biggest thing. You know, they have a lot of fun with it. Obviously, kill big deer, but um, pretty much the camaraderie and just uh, the products they use. You know, um, it, they just they do so well with giving you a full entertaining show. As in, you know, you get to see the kills, but you also get to see, you know, around camp them having up having a good time and cutting up. Yeah, I think I've always said the reason that the sh- the good shows are the good shows is a combination of a lot of things. It's good production, good storytelling, um, and which I think is the X factor that very few shows have, and that's great personalities that can be their self on camera. And Bone Collector obviously has all of those things, and they've they've done it for seems like a hundred years now, so they've kind of kind of got it figured out. So how did you get started in this? So you had the dream to do it, and you've always wanted to do it. So how did you get started doing it? Well, it's, um, you know, coming from North Carolina, you're not going to kill that big a deer. And unless you have, you know, a big plot of land. And so starting out, I was kind of uh, weary about it, but ran into some guys um, out of Gaston County, which is county next to us. And they have a TV show, an online show called Chasing Creation. They um, took me under their wing and I met them through a youth hunting and fishing organization called Cross Trail Outfitters. And Cross Trail Outfitters is a uh, hunting organization that takes kids outdoors and leads them to God in the process, and uh, we have a lot of fun with that. Met them through there, and they gave me the opportunity to be on their staff and said, you know, we'll walk you through the filming aspect of things, get you up to date, and at 15, started that, and then ever since then, it's been a just a snowball effect. Yeah, and you just continually learned, and um, th- so what did you do? What did you do on staff for them? What was your role or job there? Um, it was just to get content, you know, try to kill a mature buck or, you know, kill some turkeys on film. Um, didn't, honestly didn't kill a lot as in, you know, he was trying to sell film most of the time and, um, just wasn't too successful with it personally and didn't have really the, uh, proper setups to do it. But, um, then started with video editing with them guys as well too. They've kind of, uh, showed me the ropes there and, but mainly, uh, my job was to just try to get content and give it to them whenever I did and maybe make tv or something like that yeah i got you and what where was that where was that show and all that stuff where does it live at is uh, online you said it's online now uh it had a seasonal pursuit channel and then they did some um other local stuff back home uh in the past years but now they're on gen 7 outdoors and you can catch all their episodes there okay so who are you working with now what all who are all some of your clients that you're freelancing for and stuff now uh my clients i have um wildlifers tv Let's see, I have Dead End Game Calls TV, uh, Backwoods Life. Um, let's see, who else worked with? Did some other things. I've, uh, I interned at Midwest Whitetail last year, so yeah. that was kind of like a client. But So what? What? how did you feel about, I want to get back to the clients you're working for. So how does how was that Midwest Whitetail um, internship? Because I have a lot of people ask me if that's something that they should be interested in doing, if that was worthwhile. So what? what's your opinion? Yeah, it was an amazing time. I had, uh, you know, it was kind of a different feel whenever I was up there uh, based on some different circumstances. But uh, Bill really took us under his wing up there and showed us the ropes of a lot of things and created a ton of content as he has a pretty big staff. So there's really never any lack of work. 
uh, which is a good thing, and you can stay busy. Um, now I know Jared Mills has taken over the office aspect of things and the production side of it, and Jared's a phenomenal uh, video producer. He's very creative. Um, I know the three interns that I interned with um, was Drake Lamb, and he works for Midwest Whitetail now. Uh, Jacob Whitehall works for Whitetail Properties now, and Justin Carnes, he has his own YouTube uh, channel that he's running right now, doing some different things, uh, trying to figure out what he wants to do platform-wise. But um, all four of us were, you know, we were the only four in the office, like I said, based on some different circumstances that came up. And I feel like for us being four interns, not really having a ton of guidance and, you know, a um, main office guy there, I think we did really well mm -hmm. with producing all the content from – all the blogs, because there's a guy. There's just a ton of people on that staff, and they all send in good stuff. I mean, you know, we I think we probably had 20, 20 25 kills last year on just uh, through blogs, and that didn't even make the main show on yeah. sometimes. And you know, it just come down to you know, you got Bill. Bill killed a lot, Bill's killed a lot of deer out there. You know, Jared, and just uh, when you got that that much content coming in, it just comes down to who has the most. Uh, content they sent in and how big the deer is in story so kind of your job was to take all the content that comes in from the different staffers and put together as many different stories and as many pieces of content as you could yeah the um, then they had a uh then the platform was like a daily blog type deal so they were sending in stuff every one or two days and so we just had to try to keep up with it all and keep it as up to date as possible and that's a task itself yeah and that starts so how long is that internship my internship ran from uh, September to early December. Um, I know that this year they had a little bit longer um, internship, and that's offered now. Uh, like I said, I had about a three-month-long internship, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, it helped me out a lot, and, um, you know, getting to just hang out around the mecca of the whitetail world now was just amazing itself. Yeah, it's it's unlike anything. And I tell guys all the time that hunt in the Southeast, you know, cause I'm from Georgia that watch shows forever and they've never, they've never experienced the Midwest. And, and then they say, well, I can't afford it or I don't have time. You can afford it and you do have time. You just got to make time, but you've, you've got to see it and you got to experience it just one time. Even if you come to, which I don't really know if where we're at is considered the Midwest, but to me, it's as good or better than a lot of places you go in the Midwest. So it's something that, you need to make the time to do if you've never done it before. But, um, you know, one, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was kind of, you're, you're kind of early on in your career, really your first year freelancing, right? Yes, sir. So what's, what's some of the things that you've learned? What's some of the advice you could give to somebody that wants to do it and kind of what's your goal? Um, you know, try to attack it as you asked it. Um, uh, the first thing, you know, yeah, I, this is my first year freelancing and I've been very blessed with a lot of the opportunities and the people that I've worked with. Um, and some of them have spurred off of you and I appreciate that. Um, the biggest piece of advice is, uh, just stay humble and, you know, just stay humble, put your nose to the ground and don't let up. You can always be better. And there's always somebody that's going to be out there better than you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think that my first year was was for a production company, so I got an opportunity 
to work with guys that knew what they were doing right out of the bat. And when you're going off freelancing like you have, and you might not have had that experience of an office full of professionals like I did, I think it could be a, you know, a daunting or a little bit more of a scary task because you are kind of a one man band and you don't have somebody there to say, do this, don't do this. That looks great. That looks like crap. You know, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which is something that now that I'm on my own, I don't, have like I used to whereas I could call somebody from the next office and they could look at it and or look at an editor look at a you know a shot or a or bounce ideas off of you know each other and that is one aspect that I do miss because you know the more heads and the more eyeballs that you can put together on a project the better it becomes um and I, and I think you sometimes can get stuck in a rut too. You can get so used to doing it one way or, or, or the way that's the easiest or the simplest. And that's the way you keep doing things. And like I told you on this trip, um, this has been a really different trip because we're not trying to produce a full length television show. We're trying to hopefully get a deer down and then we've got a bunch of content we've got to create around that. And that's different because, you know, during the middle of the day, which now we're podcasting, but usually there's a ton of stuff to do and the weather's not been great. So there's not been a whole lot for us to do in the middle of the day, which is really odd for me. I usually have a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to get done and I've got so many other clients that I work for to get pictures and stuff like that. But, um, I needed, a, I needed a laid back trip. I've been, I've, I've had a pretty crazy fall, but, um, what gear, what gear are you running right now as, as a freelancer? Like what, what gear are you running? And then what do you want to be running? I guess would be a good question. Yeah, the um, I'm running. I switched to strictly DSLR um, this year, and just you know, pretty much starting out. I'm running the Sony A7 III, and I have the kit lens. But on a lot of my freelance A7 trips, A7 III, the A7 III, A7 III. Uh, A7 III. Mm. Okay, so what's the difference between the A7 III and A7 R3? Um, I think it's the sensor. I'm okay. not 100 percent sure. Okay, yeah, because I didn't I didn't know there was an A7 III. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and the um. The A7 III, I have the kit lens with it, the 28 to 70. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times on my trips, I ran a 70 to 200 um, Sony G lens or G series lens, or I will um, get a 100 to 400. Same deal. Gotcha. I'll run that for now. And uh, then I'm also running a Panasonic Lumix GH5 as most of my second angle. And uh, I do a lot of my time lapses and B roll on that too. I got you. Okay. What's the. Um what camera arm, tripod head, all that good stuff. All the people want to know everything. Everything. So I'm running the Muddy Boss Hog um, camera arm with a Manfrotto 502 head. And um, if you're looking for one of those, good luck. They don't make them anymore. You have to find them used. Yeah, and the uh, I'm running a set of Benro legs that are very lightweight. I got them on a closeout deal from B&H last fall and uh, had them drop shipped to uh, the house I was staying in Iowa, and I don't remember the model on them. Yeah, gotcha. What head? What head is it? Is this is a Benro head too? No, it's Manfredo. Manfredo. I just switched them back and forth. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have uh, what like mics and uh, all that good stuff? Well, right now I'm running the Asdens, um, and it's a pretty good, it's a pretty decent mic for the money. I'm looking to switch to the Sony's pretty soon. Yeah. By next year. Um, trying to think what else. You're running the Game Plan Gear cameraman bag. Yep, running the cameraman bag and. Maybe looking to try a few different ones to see uh, what I could uh, mix in and see what maybe is a little lighter, or a little more durable for uh, what, what I'm doing. I got you. So I don't know if you, I know I asked you this a minute ago, but I don't know if we fully answered it. I want to kind of d- dig into more like what's the what's the career plan, career path, goal of 
of the whole thing. Like, what are you wanting to do? Are you wanting to have a production company? Are you wanting to go work for somebody? Are you wanting to, well, what's the, what's the end goal? The end goal is to honestly build um, my company as big as I can build it. I'd rather, you know, it's nothing, if, if opportunity would arise that is very well and could help me out, then definitely I'd look at maybe branching to a production company that's already well established. But I'd like to build my uh, personal company as big as I can build it. I got you. All right. Tell me about editing. How do you, what, what's your editing experience? What's, what are your thoughts on editing? I guess would be, even be a better question. Um, <clears throat> I love editing and I've, uh, I've edited on Final Cut Pro and Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, I strict kind of switched fully to Premiere Pro and I'll do the, um, I've used all, you know, a lot of the programs and I'm still a little, uh, young, I guess you would say in experience wise, um, on the like Lightroom stuff like that, that stuff I really got to dive into and get a lot better at. But Premiere Pro um, is really the only uh, video editing software I use right now. I, I really you. don't use any Final Cut anymore. How do, how do you how do you like how do you like the experience or the switch over from Final Cut to Premiere? Oh, uh, the switch wasn't that hard. Um, Why do you say it wasn't that hard? Because most people I talk to say it's night and day, which I'm not. You're probably only the second person I've ever met that knows how to use both of them. Um. You know, I started out with Final Cut Pro on uh, my MacBook, and whenever I made the switch, a lot of the keyboard short, some of the uh, keyboard shortcuts are the same, and you can actually, I think you can switch your uh, yeah, you can. keyboard shortcuts over. Yeah. So that uh, that was, you know, pretty easy for me, and I think it took me about a week to get, you know, really used to mm-hmm. Final Cut or Adobe whenever I switched. Is the user interface a lot different, or is it pretty similar? Um, It's not a ton different. Um. But it's not, you know, close to the same. It just, just has different aspects. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I got you. So what do you feel like was the hardest thing for you to grasp or learn? Because for me in the beginning, I feel like it, was, it wasn't really understanding the cameras or how they worked or framing or lighting or exposure. For t- to me, the hardest thing was understanding all the different codecs and frame rates and how they work together and file types. And that was a struggle for me in the beginning. What do you feel like out of everything was probably the hardest thing for you to grasp? I'd have to agree, yeah. you know, with you on that. And then also, um, I think another thing that I've that I struggle with is um, kind of telling the story, and that's you know a big aspect in this industry. And um, you know, getting the supporting shots, and you know, you, you get used to doing the same thing over and over and over. And, and I find myself doing that when I'm home, you know, just self filming whenever I may go out just to get some get some content or try to kill a doe or something like that on camera. But I find myself doing a lot of the same things. So uh, whenever I started freelancing. I was like, I need to start doing different things. I need to start telling a story better, getting more creative. Um, and the biggest thing is, and I've learned this from producing as well, um, you can never have too much footage. I've, re- I've ran into a lot of instances where I've had not enough for other clients and um, that I have done just strictly editing for. But now whenever I video, I'd like to have as much as possible. Yeah. And having more is definitely better. But when... I, I I agree with that and I disagree with that in the same in the terms of I think once you get a lot more experience shooting telling a story better your shooting goes way down like mine does for sure um, I shoot about gosh a third as much as I used to just because I know what I'm going to use and what I'm not going to use and it saves me a lot of time in editing too but when it's something I'm not editing which is rare I don't like shooting things that I'm not editing I don't like handing hard drives to somebody and letting them edit it that's 
It's just weird to me. And I hate editing something that somebody else shot. Mm. Because I know what I shot. I know why I shot it. And everything has a purpose. Um, but when I'm, if I shoot something for someone else and I hand it to them, I'm definitely going to film more stuff than if I was editing it. Because everybody does things differently. And that's the beauty of it is you can get a different look from somebody else. And somebody else is going to edit something that I do completely different than I would and vice versa. Um, so, but kind of one thing that I've learned is I've done this so many times to where, you know, you said that you struggled telling a story is kind of the, the basic building blocks and the basic puzzle pieces of telling a story come naturally now to where I don't have to think about them. Now I can get into the mindset of being creative and how can I do this differently or what shots can I get here that, that are outside of my norm because the norm shots they have they happen they're going to be there i'm always going to get those knock on wood you know but at the same time what are some things that are going to be outside of that box and and trying to and that's something too is like i think certain people have certain eyes for different things and being creative and certain people do certain things well. Like some people are very good at flying a drone and getting cool stuff with that. Some guys are really good at time lapses. Some guys are really good at photography. Some guys are really good at um, producing dialogue and, and, and getting the words and getting the things said that they want said. Whereas I've tried to, I'm not awesome at any of them, but I try and be proficient at all of them. Just because all of those things help you tell a good story. So... The one thing that you and I have talked about that I want to get better at, that I'm a definitely a beginner at, is doing more stuff in After Effects and in the 3D space. And it's it's a very different user interface. User interface. It's very different than Premiere, but it can also that something like that can also be overused. I think there's some shows out there that overuse it, and they use it as an excuse to have bad footage. Um, I don't ever want to have that, but I also think that good graphics can add value. Just like interviews, I don't think interviews are necessary unless they add value. Um, so I want to get better at that. So what are some things that you want to? That, what are some things you want to improve on? What are some things you want to get better at? I know you said you wanted to learn some programs a little bit better. What are some other things that kind of stick out that you want to learn some more? Um, you know, I just want to learn how to you know create. Um, better shots and you know that that comes with a shoot that comes with shooting I think and that's you know and I don't really struggle with you know like you were saying earlier framing you know understand the use of a camera stuff like that I think it's just um, more of having that creative eye mm-hmm. and, you know and being uh, being a little more cinematic instead of more uh, action-packed you know and what I mean by that is not be you know you want to focus on the kill and the story but I want it to be a story where it takes you through every little thing yeah, you know, and I think uh, a good example of that's the Heartland guys. They do a really good job at being cinematic, um, mm-hmm. and then Joe Surf from Risen Media does a great job as well. And that's, uh, um, that that's the side of uh, editing and videography that I'm having to improve on. I try to every sit every time I'm running a camera because I want to be able to mix in that style with my style, and you know, make the make you know what my vision is and see if it's what I, what it needs to be. What's your, do you do much pre-production? Do you do much planning before, like, say, you know, before a hunt, before a couple of day hunt, do you sit down and try and think through that? Or is that something that you just kind of try and wing it or, or trying to kind of figure it out as you go? Uh, honestly, and it's something that I wing. I, I feel like, um, 
and it's not that either, I don't think that I think I could be better with the pre-planning uh, obviously but I think that I think I feel that I tend to overthink things and I feel tend to uh, maybe stress myself out a little bit about it because I'm so worried about thinking it through and then you know instead of just letting it come more natural mm-hmm. and you know and I think um, so far I feel like you know the more natural has worked for me but I definitely want to sit down um, on a trip, you know, or before a trip that I've, you know, I don't, that I've known about for a little while and have a shot list and go through it and see if that is a lot better because mm-hmm. it very well could be. See, I'm, I'm similar to where, I mean, I'll, I'll think through a trip, you know, what might be cool or what might add value. But for the most part, if it's just a standard deer hunt or a standard elk hunt, if there's nothing, nothing outside the norm, I, I'm pretty much, you know, kind of go with the flow, fake it till you make it most of the time. But, uh, you know, on a, on big shoots and stuff, which I'm sure you'd be the same on big shoots where I know they're like a commercial shoot or a, or a specific content piece for a specific product. I'll sit down and really think through those. Like I'm looking at notes right now on a uh, a shoot that I'm doing with Dudley um, in the next couple of days that I'm kind of trying to go through and write interviews and think through the shots and what I have to support the interviews that I'm going to have him talk about. So um, I'm I'm very... I guess split on that when it's a big production and something planned where I have to create a specific goal. I'm very, I plan through those very well. Whereas if it's just a standard hunt or TV show, whatever, I just show up and then I let the content create itself. And then once something happens, I, I develop that out or I'll flesh that out. And I talked to you a little bit about that. Um, in the tree stand of like shooting cutaways. Anytime you have encounters with deer, you have to shoot cutaways. Anytime you, something happens in the tree that's outside the normal of just watching deer. If you see a big deer, you've got to shoot cutaways. If you, you know, draw back and don't get a shot on a deer, you've got to shoot cutaways of that. If you, you know, if you see a bobcat crossing a field, you need to shoot cutaways of that. You know, if you don't have a second angle covering everything, then you've got to, which I, even when I have second angles covering, I still go back and shoot cutaways. Because, just like you said, you you can't recreate it once you're not there anymore. So, you know, if I have it, I might not use it, but at least I have it. Or you can tell an even better version of the story when you have things like that. So, uh, you've got to... I've said it a million times. If you don't have the basic puzzle pieces to tell a story, it makes it really tough when you go to edit. And uh, I feel like... And I think know if i've ever put one out there i think i have just a basic like breakdown shot list of what those basic puzzle pieces are you know establishing shots transition shots and opening interviews who what when where why weather um you know deer movement cutaways shot a kill recreates of the shots and the kill or recreates of clipping in your release you know tights of eyes tights of hands tights of gear and then you know, a reaction and a recovery. You know, that's the absolute basic building blocks. If you can give me all those things and add some creative stuff in there, you know, I can tell a pretty good story on a hunt. Now, there's are there more things to a hunt than that? Yes. Are there more things to a great story than that? Yes. But those are the absolute bare bones basics of filming a hunt, which I don't like guys getting in the habit of thinking they're going just to film a hunt because there's when you're creating good content, there's a lot more to it than just filming a hunt. That's a very small part. But in our case, on this trip, right now we're trying to film a hunt. And then once we film a hunt, then we're going to go back and we're going to create our content because it's it's got a lot to do with the tree stands. It's got a lot to do with the 
the e-bikes, then it's got to do with the diamond blade knives and the black rifle coffee and um, diamondback truck covers. And it's, I mean, I've got content that I've got to create for all these people. Um, but that becomes a lot easier when the pressure of a hunt's off of you too. So, and a lot of those things happen in the middle of the day, but are you enjoying, um, are you enjoying what you're doing? I know the quick, I know the answer to that, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, you know, you get to see this year, I think I've been in three or four different States so far this fall. And I love it. You know, you, uh, he called me, uh, Oh yeah. That's another was thing that, yeah, I called you about <laughs> six hours before I needed you to be there and you were there and right at in six hours you were there in five hours we left about an hour after you got there <laughs> yes you know it's um it's been a fun trip so far i've uh but i've been very fortunate i love i love what i do i got a great support system you know with my family my parents that's a back big home. that's a big thing too and you're young and not married and no girlfriend all that good stuff that always helps too yeah um you know the the, the least uh baggage you have the better oh man I love my baggage, though. All my baggage is at home, but I love them. You hear that, baby? I love you. My wife listens to every one of these, and she critiques every one at the end. Yeah, she's not She's like, like you me. know what? You should have you should have said this, or you should have said this a better way. Cause she, I mean, she'll listen to it as soon as it pops up on her phone. She'll listen to it in her AirPods that I got her for her birthday, and she'll text me, and she said, I don't like how you said this every time. So, Nicole, I know you're listening. I love you. Yeah, she uh, she's a very nice woman. Let you chase yeah, this. I'll she, tell you that she much. She is. She's <laughs> she's got a much harder job than I do chasing three kids and working. Now she's just got her. She started her new job, so she's got <laughs> she's got a lot going on. I could not do her job, and I tell her that all the time. Well, dude, I appreciate it. Let's. Uh, what time is it? Is it two thirty here? One thirty. One thirty. Okay, my computer's still on Georgia time. So, yeah, me too. So we've still got a little bit of time before we need to get back out there. But, dude, I appreciate you getting on here and uh, telling us about what you got going on. Yes, sir. Thanks, man, for the opportunity. No problem, man. Oh.